Welcome to the second episode of the podcast The Normal World. Today's guest is Ronnie Farley and together we'll dive into the world of softball. We'll talk about where and when she started her softball career, the Olympics of 96, and of course about her experience transitioning from the athlete world into the normal world. Welcome to the normal world of Ronnie Farley. Hello, how are you? Hi, I'm good. Thank you. Yeah, it's nice to be here. Thank you so much for joining my podcast. Uh, it's the first episode with a real guest. Last Sorry. time <laughs> I was interviewed, so thank you so much for joining us. Can you tell us something about your sports history and why you started playing softball in the first place? Yes, of course. Um, it uh, has been a long time uh, since I've started. Um, I think I was 12 or 13 and I'm 53 now, so it's, it's, it's a long time ago. But I uh, went with um, uh, a friend of mine and um, I was playing all kinds of sports, volleyball, uh, tennis, basketball, soccer, but not on a club because my mom didn't like that. And then, uh, so everything with a ball, I kind of liked. Um, and she, uh, she said, hey, do you want to join me? Uh, I'm going to a, a new sport, softball club. And, and right away when I came at the first practice, I was really enjoyed it so much, the, the, the environment, but the sport itself, it had so many things. I just fell in love with the sport since. And uh, What yeah. specifically did you fell in love with? I don't know. It's hard to tell you, but um, if you come on a softball or a baseball field, it's, it's um, the grass and the gravel and then hitting of the ball and the gloves, the sound and the smell. And also the, the sport itself, you hit the ball, you run, it has all kinds of things. You throw, you run, uh, it's tactical, a really good sport. So overall, it has so many things that I really like. Um, and it's a mental sport you do with the team. It's really cool. But in the end, um, if you're like hitting uh, and you're at bat, you're all by yourself and you have to do it. So it's, it's really, uh, 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 yeah, between individual sports and, and team sports as well. So, yeah, I just, I just love it. It's hard to tell, but... So you started when you were 12, 13-ish. Yeah. Is it, that's kind of late, right, to start with uh, a new sport? Usually they start a bit younger. Yeah, it's true. But um, my parents were not, like, only um doing one sport and we're crazy about sports anyways they like sports but not like okay we do soccer and you do that or we play tennis so what i did i played a lot outside with my friends and i had a lot of uh boys at friends as well so we played uh soccer we played tennis and hide and seek and we were always on the street so i just like to play sports so um, from when I was younger, I started with gymnastics because my mom had, I was the only daughter. I said, hmm, gymnastics. That wasn't really my thing. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but everything with the ball because I had two older brothers and he played soccer and he played tennis. And, and I really enjoyed that. So um, I already played all kinds of sports. And then, but that was the first time uh, I, I joined a really a club. So it was late on the on one hand, on the other hand, I did a lot of things, but always outside with my friends. Yeah, I think uh, speaking of PE technical terms, I think they recommend it nowadays to oh, do yeah. a lot of different sports when you're younger and niche down to one just a bit later. 
At least that's what I've learned in my education. So at some point it starts to become serious because they found out you're talented or how did that work? Yeah, it wasn't a big club. It was RCH in, in Heemstede. It's, it's a little town near Haarlem, Amsterdam. Um, but I went into the uh, juniors. Uh, I was uh, smaller, so I played... Uh, and yeah, um, the trainers and the coaches saw I was I was good in it. I was fast. I was quick, and uh, I had a feeling for the ball. I could hit, and um, so yeah. And I it gave me confidence as well. You know, you you're good at something, and it was fun. We had fun with some girls, and and it was funny because the friend that I joined it with, she left after one year, oh. and uh, and I didn't leave. So um, it is funny that yeah, my my softball career started because of her but she left <laughs> and um, yeah from there it started and I stayed at that club um, quite a while until I went uh, a step further uh, just before the Olympics so I really liked that club what they did for me and I I, I could just educate myself and my, my trainers were real it was really a family club but also the nice good atmosphere of, of learning things it was safe. I feel I felt safe, so it was good. Yeah. So did you feel like you were being an elite athlete, or what's your definition of being an elite athlete? And do you think that you you practice the sport in that way? Yeah, I I wasn't thinking on that moment when I started it. Um, that became because uh, it turned out. We played on a, a not as high as level from that club, but then I was with the juniors, but they asked me for the second team and the first team, and I was like always on the field almost. I, I could go on my bike there, and uh, I trained a couple of days a week with that team, with that team, and then they saw, uh, you know, I was on the bench, but I could just... And then I started like, hmm, I'm really good, but I have to work hard for it, and I really enjoy to work hard for it. And But I didn't feel an elite athlete until I was I think later 18 19 that we we got we did really well as a team we got better coaches and then yeah my coach saw me and he said wow you're really good and then I felt like hmm maybe yeah I can I can really get to the top with this um, it's a small sports in Holland but um, I felt that I yeah that I I was talented so I didn't feel that until later and then um, did something change when you felt like you were being an elite athlete? Did you go to a national team training, yeah. for example? Yeah, because I had a, a coach came to us and uh, he saw talent in, in our team and uh, as well as me. And he said, your strength is uh, you're really fast. So instead of right-handed hitter, we're going to change you to, into left-handed hitter. How so old were I, you back then? I was when I was already 17 18 and, and you switched and I switched wow <coughs> yeah and that was really cool and that was the start of my going up because in softball if you're left-handed and I was just not a big hitter but a slap hitter and I could really use my speed and I came at first base a lot and that went fly and then we went to the head class the highest level in the country and then everybody could just see me doing that and then he had contact with the the head coach of the national team and he said you know you should really look at her so I got some phone calls from him and I was like ah, I don't know because my father was sick as well and but then I uh, they uh, invited me again and I went there and then yeah from that day uh, um, 
But then I was already later in my career. I didn't do that until I was, I think, 23 or so. I went to the national team. So first on the, not the top, top level, but the top level in Holland. Uh, I did that a lot before I went to the international level. So my career started really late. But I think for me that was really good because I was confident. I uh, had no pressure all the time. I was having fun with playing softball. And um, for me that was really was really good. I had leadership I could show leadership in my club and not until later I went to another club just for myself to play at the highest level uh, European Cups and uh, yeah and also in the national team. Did that also because uh, I imagine you gradually went into uh, practicing more hours and going to yeah. a higher level. So did that also allow you to really enjoy, for example, high school? as kind of a normal kid? I, I did. I, I did not have the top sport uh, life of, of kids that I know now, uh, that I'm working with. And um, But I was always on the field because I loved it, not because I had to. And I think that's a difference because I think I, I practiced the same times. Uh, the only thing we didn't do was like strength and conditioning. We did it, but we didn't during our training. And But not a set like, okay, you have to do this or look at your food. or. But I was always on the field, uh, but not as like a top sport athlete. Oh, yeah. So I think it was good for me to not have that pressure all the time. Not until I was later. Yeah. Yeah. So it's out of intrinsic motivation, I yeah, guess. Exactly. And that's the best one you can yeah, have. It is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. And um, at some point, I, I already hear you referencing to it, to it, you went to the Olympics. Yes, and that went really quick. So I went uh, to another club, it's called Terrasvogels. It was a club that everybody knows in softball. And from there on, I went to the national team. And I think I played three years for the national team and then uh, softball started to be in 96, the first um, time that softball was in the Olympics. Baseball was a, uh, one time earlier, but that was the first time softball was in the Olympics. And um, yeah, they invited me and uh, yeah, I worked so hard. I put myself on the team, which was really good. And then in Holland in 95, we had um, yeah the pre-Olympic uh, qualifier here in Harlem. And the whole, yeah, Sparks, it was uh, one of a famous club here in Holland. It was really, everybody was there, the whole country. And the final was, as always, between us and Italy. And, yeah, I was starter. And uh, I also hit first almost uh, because of my, my quickness and fastness. And we did really well. We beat them 3 to nothing, And there was our <laughs> ticket for the Olympics. So that was really cool. And, uh, yeah, from there on, it was training 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 um but still i loved it i loved to be on the field and um i had some friends and if we didn't have to train we said okay let's hit some balls and we ducked on the field we went to the field in sandport and yeah we just had fun and and worked hard so still we every day you know we didn't go to parties i gave up a lot of things my my family parties and I was always like, no, nah, not now, or I can't do it, or vacations, or your your boyfriend, your relationships didn't go all the way uh, that well, <laughs> broke up just before the Olympics. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, and uh, we just bought a house. So it's, it's, yeah, 
it they say it it's tough but it, it, it is really tough you know you, you live it and i wanted to live my dream i did it and um yeah it costed also some things on the other side yeah. but i never regret that because i had a lot of fun with it were the olympics always the goal for you or did that gradually became a goal or or how did that yeah it great because first it was like oh i can go to the club and i can go to the national team and then suddenly it was that so Every time I was like, oh, I'm better, I can better, I can do this. And um, and I love the team sport. So I was always like, I can put something in this team. You know, I can give something that, yeah, that also the team gets better. And um, yeah, so once it was out there, but I really liked the, uh, the European Cup for the club. I really enjoyed it as well. It's 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 a little smaller, but and, and the Europeans... Uh, championships and the world championships every tournament has its own thing and the olympics is of course there but the other tournaments are so cool because you're in the highest level from your sports and that's where you're working for and enjoying it and meeting other people that also have the same passion so it was a lot of fun i've been over the world quite a while quite a bit and that was really fun to do as well yeah. Sound, that sounds amazing. Yeah. And it's so so good to hear that you always kept that love for the sport yeah. as like your biggest motivation. Yeah. Um I I feel like that might also help because you were a lot older. Yeah. Back, back yeah, then. It's true. You, so conscious I made decisions in my life to be on a certain moment on a certain thing and I I'm happy I stayed with my own club for uh, I, I wasn't club as hopping long as you because could, my, I think. I, as I yeah. could, yeah. yeah. And then it went a little down there, so I said, now, now I have to make a choice for myself. And then I didn't, and then I was ready for it. So yeah, I think that looking back on that, uh, I think I make the the right choices. Sometimes you're lucky too, you know. You meet the the right people, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm happy with that. And yeah. so, uh, tell me about the Olympics. Yeah, the Olympics. Um, where, where, it was the 96 Olympics? 96 in Atlanta. The, the, the centennial, so it was the 100 Olympics, was special. Uh, I like America a lot. My husband is from the States. And I just met him before the Olympics. So he came as well as a surprise. But it was really cool. Uh, the only thing it was, it was the first time for our sports. And um, there happened some things in the team because... If it's the first time, you're, you're, everybody's like, whoa, the Olympics. And you want to be there and you have your ticket. Um, doing that, would I do that over again? I would say we would do that different. But that was the first. So everybody's like, whoa, the Olympics, the Olympics. And uh, I never forget the opening ceremony. And we were sitting between the volleyball players. And they were like, hmm, you know, we've had this. And we were like, oh, can we take a picture? Take a picture. Uh, so we were so exciting always. And so at the Olympics itself... We played some good games, but we lost the most. And we only, um, there were seven teams and we were sixth. So uh, I got like a certificate. If you're in the top six, whatever, you get a certificate. Yeah, Olympic certificate. Um, But I did actually, personally, I did well. But it doesn't feel like that because as a team, we could have been better. Maybe not, not in that moment we would have had a medal. But... Top five was, yeah, we would have four or five. We could have been better. I can imagine it's also very overwhelming to be there. Uh, it was so overwhelming for everybody. And um, 
but I really enjoyed it. And I, I was older as well, and, and uh, I had some really good friends on the team. And uh, But there was some tensions because, you know, we weren't experienced with this. So doing it over again, yeah, it would be different. But on the other hand, I learned so much of this whole process and the way to it. And yeah, that it also gave a lot to my life, uh, that whole experience. Um, Can you name yeah. a couple of things? Yeah, it's hard to tell, but um, the things that you you look up to and you like, it shouldn't happen like this. We could have been better, but it doesn't matter, you know. It, it Just enjoy where you are, the, the whole process. And now you're talking about the growth and the fixed mindset. And with my job and where I am now, if, if I could have all that and I could take it and give it to the team and myself... But that doesn't happen. So all the experience and the joy and and all the the people that were sitting in the in yeah in the stadium and it was completely full and I will never forget that and the, and the process going there as well. You know we lost some players and some other players. There were some decisions made by the coaching. There was some struggling in between the coaches. But that also gave me a lot of. Yeah, knowledge for now as a teacher and as a coach and as a trainer. Uh, so it's not like one thing. It's it's overall everything I did in my life gave something to me for the person I am now and the decisions I make. That's amazing. Yeah, so that's cool. At the Olympics, something happened that changed your career. Yeah, really. Yeah, um, I already had not a, a bad knee, but because I practiced and I did. Uh, strength and conditioning training my 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 leg was really good and so I felt confident but in the last game uh, I tore my ligament and then um, yeah it was during the game uh, we won that game uh, and then I thought oh now what so but you already knew right away that it was bad it was bad mm. yeah and the physio said well this you can't play now anymore but let's see when you get back so I got back and um, yeah right away I get to the doctor and said we're gonna have surgery now okay you know that goes with the top sport you have an injury and but then you know you're already in a like a black hole after the olympics now what and i was older and you go to your club you have seen everything and then i also has this so i i got surgery and then you're completely lost you know you don't see your players anymore uh the club you think the whole everybody forgets about you and I'm like, what am I going to do? And then my physio said, you're not going to play again ever. You know, this is not good. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. I was like, oh, no, no, no. But he was a kind of, yeah, cynical guy. Um, so I, I'm like, now what? I was kind of depressed uh, that year. I imagine, uh, yeah. In 96 after and starting 97. Now what? Yeah. Was so, that the moment you quit? I didn't really quit, but I didn't know what to do. Then a club came to me, and because I am also a sport teacher and a trainer and a coach, I went. I did SEAL, so um, I know a lot about training. A big club in Holland asked me to be the coach. I'm like, coach? I'm a player, coach. But I'm like, what if I can't play anymore? I can still coach. So I did that. So it was not a conscience I stopped. But for me, I didn't have a choice. I wanted to be in softball. So I said, yeah, I'm going to do it. So for you, it felt like the only option left? 
yeah, it felt kind of like that. So I can play again, so I do this. And I can still be with the team and play softball and on the highest level. To, yeah, the experience with the whole team and on that level. So I was kind of also a little bit proud that they asked me, was that all good? Um, something inside me said, hmm, my player inside me said, I will still want to play. You couldn't let go of the sport as a player. I couldn't let it go as a player. And I, I coached there, I think, for three or four years. And I decided I had a small selection with players, a lot of injuries, to play and coach. So you could do both. So I could do both. Yeah. And um, that, uh, if you look back, I'm not sure if I should have done that. But on the other hand, I was doing really well. I had almost the best, uh, I was in the best shape of my life. And I was uh, the best hitter of the country uh, while I was a coach and a player. But it was really tough, you know. If, as a coach, you also play. Players look at you at a young team. But I really enjoyed it as well because that urge for me to be a player uh, wasn't done yet. Um, so that mix was really tough sometimes, but I also really enjoyed it. Tough it was in which weird. way? Because... Everybody looks at you like you make the decisions and then you say, okay, I'm going to be uh, in the center field or I'm going to hit at third or first. And then you ha you ha always have the feeling you have to. And I was always enjoying that. And now you're like, yeah, but everybody looks at you as a coach, but you're a player as well. So you felt the pressure double. Double, yeah. And um, that didn't uh, uh, let me play less, but I didn't really like it because... I thought maybe they're right, you know, I'm a coach. Should I play? Shouldn't I play? But I so wanted to play. So you were still searching to what your role would be within the sport, maybe as a player, maybe as a coach, but you were yeah. still still searching. Yeah, because I wasn't done. And I wanted to be done, but I wasn't. And feeling that was really weird. I, and I could not yeah, see that. And then they asked me, uh, my uh, former coach of the national team, he became head coach again after a while stopping. And then he asked me to be his assistant coach. And then I said, okay, if I'm going to be the assistant coach of the national team, um, that is a moment for me. I kind of have to stop playing. Could you let it go then, the player being a player? It was still itchy, mm -hmm. but it was easier because I had a different role. So when you're with the national team, it's kind of tough to, um, to do that. But it was always still something in me that... Because I couldn't see... I could see that I give players something, but it wasn't enough for me. I wanted to also get that bet myself and like, I can do this or make the out or score or... There was... What helped you in the end to let go of the sport as a player? Yeah. It was uh, not until I went to the next club uh, where I had a six-year plan made uh, for to be... Uh, it was a very young team with juniors. And I said, I want to be in this club. It was not on the highest level. I want to go to the highest level and then go for the national uh, championship. And that time I worked with younger girls and I could see what I could give. And we went uh, to the highest level and then we became uh, a national champion. And I saw that that was a part of me coaching and not playing. My players were better than me. And then I was like, yeah, 
I could see that I could give them something. And they were really enjoying it. And I could see them. And then I could enjoy that more than being the player. And uh, that was really late for me. I, I tried here and there to play again. But I, I just said, stop. Now I'm going to let it go. And um, Was that hard? It was hard because uh, it stopped right after my knee injury. And I wanted to play for the national team. But the coach didn't really see me anymore. And I... I always said it was not my decision to stop at the highest level. The decision is made for me. And that always nagged a little bit. Until I could really enjoy to be a coach. And then I said, okay, now I can really enjoy it. And look at your career. You can be proud of it. So the second time around, it was your own choice to quit. Yeah, exactly. I do recognize that. It is when the decision is made for you, it's it's. Well, at least for me, it's so difficult to accept that until you've made that decision yourself. And I can hear that in your story as well, if I'm not mistaken. No, definitely. Yeah, what you say. Then then you can see that it's better for you. And, and, you, f- and you can also look back at it. Well, I can, uh, as I am proud of what I did. And it's a good time now. Um, Which is nice, yeah. I'm, I'm going to give something back to the sports on another level. Another, yeah. And that was the start of you giving back to the sport, right? Because yeah. where you are right now, I think you've, well, made a complete role out of that. Or how, I don't know how to describe it, but yeah. it is it is very... Yeah, even coaching, I, I really enjoy that, uh, giving that back to the sport uh, on that level. But also with my job and, and my, my, uh, my own, um, where I wanted to go is I really like the mental game and, and make a team of people and, and take care of that people get better and reach their goals. That I really enjoy that. So yeah, what I do now is I help individual players and I, I help the national team and I help talented players, not in the sports itself, but to be better players, to be better people, to be better human beings, to be successful in their sports maybe, but also in other things. And that makes me really happy. And uh, yeah, that, that is what I give now. And I'm really, I have really peace with that because I like it a lot. I see that I can help people and yeah. And I, I can do that because I learned from all the things I did, the successes, but especially all the mistakes I made and the things I went through in my life. I was gonna ask if you would have to name one experience that you now want to pass on to the players you coach. What what would that be? Yeah, that's a, that's a very good question because I I'm, I'm trying to teach them. On the on the other hand, it's tough because I know that myself that uh, doing something yourself is the best uh, experience. But what I say now is enjoy every moment you have. Be in the moment. Don't think about the past. Don't think about what can happen. But enjoy really that you're on the field. And you're lucky with all good trainers, coaches and other kids. that can Enjoy it now while you can. That is really important. And I did it when I was young. And sometimes I want to go back to there because I had no think of... Other things than being on the field and having fun playing softball. And sometimes, you know, oh, does a scout watch me? Uh, do I get selected? Uh, not busy with the future, but with the now and the year. Yeah, that, that is my biggest 
advice to the younger athletes? That's maybe a, a good bridge towards, um, well, another question I'd like to ask you. And that is, if you would give your younger self some advice about maybe the transition period from being an elite athlete to where you are right now, what age would that girl be and, and what would you say to her? Yeah, now, not the younger because I was really having fun. So, but when I was a little older, so like 18, 19, 20 maybe, I sometimes forget that I'm old. <laughs> but um, then I started sometimes to feel pressure and to look at other people that they were better than me. And what I want to say to yeah, my students now or the, the, the players, that I wanted to say to myself, enjoy it, you know, on the field, you're right there and believe what you can do now, not what you can do tomorrow, now is enough and then you will fly. And sometimes that I was sometimes insecure because I w some people were, were chosen for younger Oranje, for the younger national team, I was never there. I was there when I was a little older. So you feel insecure by girls that are have been there all their lives almost. Um, no need of that. I will give that advice to myself. Go after your dreams. And believe in yourself. And believe in yourself. Well, that's a nice yeah. one. Yeah. I think that's a nice one to finish yeah. uh, this podcast with. Yeah. Thank you so, so much for joining, uh, joining the podcast and thank you for sharing your story. Well, you're welcome and I really had fun to tell it. <laughs> thank you so much. This podcast was created, hosted, edited and produced by Annelette Bakker and the music is We Are Free by Ixen.